Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. This has been a weird, weird week for me. Uh, I got to tell you... I have struggled this week to figure out all I was going to say. Uh, I, it was a battle back and forth. Um, so I was, I was wrestling. I'm like, man, there's so many things that I could talk about and directions I could take this message. And I had an, a certain idea kind of where I wanted to go. Um, and I usually play softball on Monday nights, and my game got canceled this week, and so I stayed later at the office, and I was here working on my messages, trying to figure out, okay, where exactly am I going to go and take this? And it dawned on me that our prayer group, our, our prayer gathering was happening that night here at the church. Uh, so shameless plug for that, every Monday night, 6.30, we've got a group of people who meet to pray and all of you are invited. It's not a special group of people, it's just a prayer gathering we have at our church. And so I gotta be honest, I struggle. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I wanna go because I really wanna dig into this day. I gotta feel good about what I'm gonna talk about. And then as I was battling in my mind, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go. Every time I don't feel like it, but then I show up, I'm always glad I did. And so this was no exception. I, I came into prayer group and uh, I was just sitting there listening and all of a sudden I began to get maybe a little bit of clarity on what I should talk about uh, today. Uh, someone was sharing how, you know, there was a conversation they were having with, with a friend uh, and it wasn't the healthiest of conversations. There was some complaining. There was some uh, kind of the moaning and the grumbling piece and it was, I was reminded about, again, these desert seasons that we've been talking about, which I'll get to in a second, and just where people are at different places in their life. And as this conversation progressed, a thought hit me. Uh, A thought hit me, and this is the direction I'm hoping to take this this morning. And here's where I've landed it, because I've been so struggling with this. If one person out here gets something from it, for me, it's a win today. And actually, if we just double that number, if two people get something, even better. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to just say that in advance. Uh, It is Mother's Day also, and mom, happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, It's great to see you. I actually have some family visiting as well this week, but... um, You know, uh, I attribute so much uh, to my mom. Probably a lot of the way I am, I never realized it until recently, is is because of her. We have very similar personalities uh, for good and for bad. And uh, she has been the one to teach me hey man, stand up for what's right, no matter what. And so I just appreciate you, appreciate you in my life. Um, And uh, so here we go. We're gonna uh, jump in here. We're talking about this uh, desert series. We call it the desert. And I just wanna do a quick review on where we're at. This is definitely uh, one of those series that we discuss and said, we wanna, we have to meet people where they're at. It's the felt needs. And I know there's been so many people have been feeling confused and lost and maybe feel like you don't have a whole lot of uh, purpose right now, certainly over the past year. Uh, And we talked about this. Maybe some of you have lost jobs. Maybe some of you have lost friends or family. It's just a hard time. 
And so he said, well, you know what? That's, that's, that's kind of like an image of our life. There, we have this thing that we're going through, and it's really interesting how God talks about the desert in Scripture. And so we started in the first week. Uh, it was called Away in the Wilderness. And every week we've been talking about kind of a lie that we believe and a truth to combat that lie out of Scripture. And so that first week, the mirage, that's uh, the, our lie, was that good followers of God should not go through a wilderness season. But actually, the truth is, the wilderness is not only normal. We wanted to normalize this thing. You're not on your own. It's not only normal, but it's, it's necessary. There is a reason and a purpose for the wilderness that we have in our life, as hard as it may be. So then the second week, uh, we talked about the wilderness of the past. And the lie is, your best days are behind you. Your best days are behind you. And a lot of us live from that mentality. But the fact of the matter is just not true. The truth is, as followers of Jesus, we need to live in the present with future perspective. And we, and we talked about that verse in Jeremiah, the plans that God has for us uh, right now and in our future. And we need to live with that perspective. We need a perspective shift. Last week, we talked about the wilderness of temptation, and the mirage was that temptation is always an obstacle to growing spiritually, going where we need to go, and a lot of us believe that, like, oh, man, I just have this thing. I cannot get past this thing. It's holding me up to get to where I need to be or where God wants me to be, and the truth is, God can use temptation as an opportunity to strengthen us for future seasons and purposes. We talked about Jesus. He himself was tempted in the wilderness. And so we don't want temptation to hold us back. Which, which brings me to today, um, I have a really warm and fuzzy Mother's Day message for all of us. I'm calling it the hostility of the wilderness. And I, I hope, I hope, as I've said before, that through this, you will be encouraged um, I, I, I hope that you will. That is my heart today. Um, so I want to ask a question, start off today. Does anybody know how a desert is defined as a desert? What is the, the measurement or the statistic? Does anybody know that? How something is defined as a desert? What do you think? You're not sure? Well, a desert is any place that receives less than 10 inches of rainfall a year. Any place that receives less than 10 inches of rainfall a year. And that could be, what's interesting about that is that deserts come in all shapes and sizes and temperatures, right? There are the hot deserts, which we kind of concentrate on and I think our brain automatically goes to, but there are also cold deserts as well. Antarctica is a cold desert, actually. Does anybody know that, I will say this, Antarctica recorded the lowest ever temperature in, in history. Does anybody want to take a shot at what that might be? I'll give you a hint. It's in the negatives, what do you think? Negative 10. Anybody want to go beyond that? Negative 32. Keep going lower. Keep going lower. A negative 126 degrees. The lowest ever recorded temperature in a desert. Now, on the flip side, the highest ever recorded temperature in a desert was a place that actually my family and I, as I shared a couple weeks ago, got to go to recently. It's in Death Valley, California. Anybody want to venture a guess at what the highest recorded temperature ever was? Anybody? Just throw it out there. Oh, close, close. Brant was close. 130, he said. It's actually 134.1. Was it not you? 
I gave credit to the wrong person. Is that Brian back there? Okay, got you, man. Um, yeah, and so this is what we call a hostile environment. Let me list some other things that are going to be indicative of hostile environments, some components of a hostile desert environment. We have, of course, extreme temperatures. We've got extreme sun and heat exposure. We've got uh, the hostility, uh, some of your favorite things, um, insects and snakes scorpions, they abound in the desert, okay? Um, you have a hostile, like, like um, uh, thorned plants and cactus. Actually, we were able to go to a cactus garden when we were out uh, in the desert recently. It was really, really cool to see how many kinds of cactuses there actually were. But honestly, these could be dangerous to the person in the desert if they don't uh, know what they're doing. Um, contaminated water is uh, indicative of a hostile environment. Uh, this is something you might not think about, which contributes to the hostility of a desert for a human being. Uh, eye irritation. Um, and it sounds so small, but between the, the wind, the sun, the sand, uh, you actually can uh, have a condition with your eyes that makes it extremely hard um, and then you have all the climactic stress of the environment as it stands, sandstorms, which I already mentioned, flash floods. Something I learned is that flash floods are actually the number one cause of death in a desert, which is astounding. Uh, but uh, according to what I was reading, uh, that is the case. So the desert is hostile because it exposes us to these extreme environments in our life. And that means the desert is a very dangerous or can be a very dangerous place for us to be if we are not prepared for the desert. Um, if we don't know how to adapt, it could be a very dangerous place for us to be. I actually uh, was looking back through my pictures um, and, uh, from when we were in the desert, and it was saying, I took a picture of a sign that said this particular plant um, can... Actually, its roots, and it's small, it's only like a foot high, its roots reach up to 150 feet below the surface. That was mind-boggling to me because it needs to adapt to the environment to find life. Uh, most animals are active at dusk and dawn in these kind of environments. They, they are kind of laying dormant in the middle of the day. So they're learning to adapt. And also, if you don't know that, if you're out in the wilderness and you're trying to survive, it could also be tough for you because you might try to go to a cave or something and find shelter. And guess what? That's where you're going to find some of the most hostile uh, of, uh, animals there. So it's really interesting. So here's this. In our, uh, all of this, in order to survive, and that's the word I'm going to use today, in order to survive in the desert, it's going to demand our attention, our full attention. In fact, we need to be able to start paying attention to even the small details. I was reading uh, something, uh, it was a desert, uh, it was a survival website, and it said this, your survival in the desert depends on your ability to first use the available survival equipment and your special skills to apply them to cope with the hazards you face, as well as your will to survive, important thing there. You also must have the ability to improvise because every survival situation is different. So think and improvise by taking advantage of what you have available to you. 
And this is kind of where I want to go today in my talk, but so it is in our lives, right? The parallels are incredible. In desert seasons, in these places that we find ourselves, in this hostile environment, we need to know how to survive it. We need to be prepared for the hostile conditions. So the question is, what tools and resources do we have in order uh, to, that are available to us, the ones that we can put in our toolkit? As followers of Jesus, as people who are trying to follow the true and the right way, what do we do to survive? How do we do it? How do we prepare ourselves for desert seasons? Because as we venture into it, it's going to demand rigorous preparation and attention. I'm going to do one more quick story here. I remember, honestly, I think it's probably the one and only camping trip, like real camping trip I ever did. I'm not talking about going in a camper or going to a campground. I had a buddy who, um, he and his wife said, uh, hey, we're going to go camping this week, and we're going to go Bear Mountain uh, up in New York. Maybe some of you have been there. Uh, We are going to just go, and we're going to go out there for a couple days. You want to come with us? And so I was like, you know, uh, yeah, I guess I will do that. Now, again, this is a long time ago. This is before I was married. Uh, I, uh, needless to say, I was young. I was in shape. I was ready for the challenge, so let's go. Uh, So I invited my sister to go with me, my sister Mary Beth, and we, the four of us, went up to I go camping. I promise I'll make this story short, but here's the thing. Um, I had never done it before, and really my friend probably wasn't the best either, and so we got ourselves ready, and we got our backpacks, and we had um, food, water, pans to cook it on, extra change of clothes, tents. We got these backpacks on our back, and they were literally over 50 pounds each on our back, and we're going out for a few days to hike, uh, and so it's just kind of probably looking back, just a stupid thing. We didn't know. We weren't prepared. We didn't know what we were doing. So we go. We go all day. It's this middle of the summer. Um, we we uh, find, you know, a spot finally after all day of hiking uh, to... to try to set up camp. And again, this is unlike anything I ever did. So we had a tent and you had to kind of clear the brush so that your sticks aren't poking in your back. Maybe tents are different these days. But uh, so I remember not sleeping a wink that night because I was afraid of every sound. I was uncomfortable. And again, if you know anything about the Bear Mountain, there's parts of it that cross the Appalachian Trail or whatever. And so uh, what stood out to me is people are going down this trail and uh, they've got like their little tiny like camel backpack with a thing of water and like just a layer of clothes and they're they're hiking and I'm like oh that's that's nice that's sweet you know we've got our big huge pack and come to find out they've been hiking the Appalachian Trail from like south to north and they've been on the trail for months and here we are for a couple days and it was like they were packing the right way they were prepared they knew what they were doing and we didn't needless to say we didn't last very long our three-day trip turned into one day we got so tired um, that we were like, we're done with this. We can't handle it anymore. We found a place that we could mark in our minds, mentally note. We took our backpacks. We buried them in the ground. We walked as far as we could be, until we heard the road noise. We got to the road, walked several miles back to our car, came back up the mountain, find the spot where we backed our pack, uh, took our backpacks, and we left. And that's my story of survival. I will probably never do it again. Um, anyway... So uh, when you think of the word hostile, when you think of the word hostile, what are some words that come up for you? You can think, what'd you say? Danger, uh, danger? sure, yeah, what else? Just throw them out here, why not? Harsh, good, yep. Aggressive, yes. Yes. 
severe. So I looked up the definition. This is some of the words. Opposition, antagonism, aggressive, attack. And the etymology of that word hostile is actually Latin, and it means enemy. And my question is, do you know that we have an enemy? Do you know we have an enemy? We have an enemy that presents opposition to us. We have an enemy that's aggressive. We have an enemy that wants to attack us, that wants to oppose us. We are at odds. We are in opposition, sometimes with other people, sometimes with ourselves. Sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not. But at the end of the day, when we're in that desert season trying to survive, it doesn't matter. We need to know how to survive it right now in this time and place. And so here's the lie that we may believe. And if you're taking notes, write it down. It's going to be on the screen as well. The hostility of our wilderness is physical, a world we can see. You see, sometimes I think we think that our enemy is physical. It's around us. We can touch it. We could see it. We experience it. Sometimes we think we're at odds, opposition with other people. Maybe we're at odds with an incorrupt or an unjust system. We think we're battling these physical ailments and mental uh, ailments. Maybe we're in, uh, I think we're in a battle against policy and government and all that kind of stuff. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. The truth is the hostility of our wilderness is spiritual. It's a world... We can't see. And I want to talk about this in the time we have together this morning. There's this verse, the key verse for today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Take note. It's not flesh and blood. It's not the physical. What is it? It's against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Our enemy is not spiritual, is not physical, it's spiritual. Oh, and again, happy Mother's Day to all of you. But it's true. I, I, so I want to wrestle this morning with how do we prepare for and combat within this hostile spiritual environment that we find ourselves in. And I think fortunately, the Bible does talk very specifically to this. It explains how we can be prepared for the enemy. It tells us how to be prepared against his attacks, the opposition we face, the one who wars against our hearts, our minds, and our souls. And so again, I'm going to look at this one passage just today. It's Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to talk through it. So I'm going to back up for a second from the verse I just read, and I'm going to start in verse 10. Follow along with me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the enemy, the strategies of the devil. 
For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Everybody say standing firm. So that at the end of this battle, this opposition, we will still be standing firm. So I want to take this from here, and I'm going to break down some of these verses. I can't fully exegete it all, but I'm hoping that when you come away today, that you will come away with something, that you have some tools, that you have some knowledge of what we have available to us, what you have available to you to stand in your time of wilderness. So I'm going to read on in verse 14. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. That's our first thing, the belt of truth. It's the first essential piece of armor that we have. And um, so this has a lot to do with being prepared Right, So as I understand it, again, back in this day when this was written, um, people, particularly soldiers, would have this outer garment that they would have on. But it was loose, and it kind of hung, and it was just in the way, right? And so he's saying, when you're ready for battle, when you need to be prepared, what do you need to do? You need to gather up all that loose material. So you have this belt that they would take and cinch it across. So it's out of their way. So they were prepared at any moment to, to fight that battle. So there, it was this idea of tying it up and being ready to go, of being prepared. And I love it. It says, the belt of truth. And what is this truth? Well, I, I think we're all pursuing truth. The fact that you're all here today tells me that, that you are at least on some kind of journey of pursuing what that is. And so I think we're all trying to make sense of things, and I think that's the first step in fighting in this spiritual battle, that we must realize that we're searching for truth, and we know where we find truth, and we're going to talk about that more. But Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Uh, God's word is is truth. And so this is a picture of being committed to finding truth. When you're in your wilderness season, when you're in that desert, when you are feeling all alone and lost and hopeless and insecure, listen, we all have to start the journey. We have to be prepared to be, have an acknowledgement of truth in our life. And that's the place we need to start. I'm going to move on. The next piece, and the body armor of God's righteousness. Uh, that body armor word, some, some versions will say the breastplate of righteousness. So, so this is our next piece of armor, right? Righteousness. This is the piece. The breastplate covers the whole torso. Because here's what we know about battle. If you are hit in the midsection, that's typically a lethal blow. It's a fatal blow. So what is this doing? This breastplate is covering our hearts, Actually, there's one um, uh, scholar who said this. In ancient Jewish thinking, the heart represented the mind and the will, and the bowels were considered the seat of emotions and feelings. So the mind and the emotions are the two areas where the enemy most fiercely attacks believers. I like that. 
So true. And so this is where we need to gird up again with righteousness. What is this righteousness? Well, it's it's right living. Maybe I'm going to say a different way. It's obedience. When you find yourself in a desert season, one of the things we must do, we need to first scale back and say, okay, God, what is the truth here? What's the truth here? I don't want to believe the lies. The second thing is, okay, the things that I know to be true or the things that I know to do what's right, I need to do that. I need to obey that. The third thing says the shoes, love this one, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Everybody say fully prepared. We want to be fully prepared for these seasons in our life. So we have to put on these shoes of good news. Some will call it the gospel of peace, right? That's the next piece of our armor. Wherever we go, and I love this, this is the image for me, wherever we travel, And especially in today's hostile age, right? I want my feet to bring peace. I don't want to add to the hostility. I don't want to start the fights. And I think really honestly, again, if we're honest and we're making these parallels, and forgive me if it doesn't line up all for you, but for me, one of the things in a season like this with all the unrest, whether that's uh, socially, uh, uh, social justice or political or whatever it is, whatever that thing is, sometimes we need to just sit back. We need to listen to what God's saying. We need to gird up and say, you know what? Wherever I go, the influence I'm going to make is going to be one of peace. It's going to be one of peace. I got to say, I'm going to just take a side note really quick here. I've seen some people from Hope Church who have done this very well. Because I see social media, I see what's out there, and I see the antagonism, I see the hostility. And again, I I am not making a, 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 any, I don't care where you are at. What I know is we need to be responsible for what God is calling us to. And some of you have been bearers of peace. Some of you have been doing it by not saying anything at all. I'm going to keep moving because I could just kind of stop here. I'm going to go. Uh, In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the, the enemy, the devil. The shield of faith, the next piece of armor. Now, this is the one thing we usually think about when we think about kind of our typical defense uh, strategy, right? And so it was in this day. These shields were usually big. They're like two, two and a half feet wide, four, four and a half feet tall. It's something that the whole body can get behind. They needed to trust the strength of that shield. And they did. And so it is, I think, the parallel here that we hold up the shield of faith that we need in these desert, hostile, wilderness seasons of our lives to trust the strength of God. To trust in the strength of God. To put our whole body behind it. To put our whole body behind it. The shield of faith. Next, put on salvation as your helmet. Salvation as your helmet, the helmet of salvation, the next piece of armor, the piece that covers the head. And it's interesting, the meaning here, um, as, uh, as I've studied a little bit and read, this is kind of this idea of hope. It's this idea of hope. And I thought it was interesting as I, as I thought it through, the hope of salvation, the, it, but also the idea of glorification. And if you don't know what that means, I'm just going to explain it in like one minute here. 
And I found this to be helpful for me this week. As we take on this, what does this mean, this helmet of salvation? Well, part of it is that we have a hope for the future. That one day God will be fully glorified and he will be fully glorified in us. And so as we go through these desert seasons in our life, knowing that we have hope, that's what he's like, take that on. Take that on. This is a hope that you have. And finally, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. A couple things interesting about this that I think you should note. First of all, I find it fascinating that this is like the only offensive thing listed. Now, yes, it could be used defensively too, but this is the one thing, the one tool that we had in our arsenal, by the way, that is usually stored in the belt of truth. Now we have the sword of the spirit, the one who guides us, by the way, into what? All truth, right? That's what that word is, pneumatos, the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who resides in us. And the word for word is this Greek word called rima. And I'm going to talk about that in a second because I find this fascinating. There are different types of swords, right? Are there not? Different sizes, different weights. Usually what comes into my mind is the big sword, right? We wield the sword and we start flailing this thing around. That is not the picture or the idea mentioned when this word talks about sword. You know what this sword is? This was a sword that was about six to 18 inches in length. It was used for hand to hand. It was used for very precise movement. And I found that really interesting. This is this word rima means a very precise truth, a timely word, something very specific. We're not just throwing out general big ideas. No, in the times of desert, hostility, wilderness, seasons in our life, we need to go to God's word for very specific pieces of information and truth. Does that make sense? Isn't that cool? And then there's one extra thing, not typically included in the armor as we gird ourselves up and get ready and prepared for the wilderness, the hostility of it. But let's not let verse 18 pass us by. This is the very breath, the very air of battle. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for believers everywhere. Stay alert and persistent in prayer. Don't lose heart. This is the very air we breathe and live in as followers of God. (laughs) Here's here's what's interesting. Uh, I, I realized the other day that I think I had such a hard time <laughs> figuring out what to do this week because it's, it's, pro- it's spiritual, right? The, uh, our enemy does not want us to be able to wield truth 
in such a precise manner. He's going to do everything he, he can against us. And as I say all the time to you, listen, take what you need from me today. And God, if it's not of me, get rid of it. But I think there's a lot here that we could learn. So I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are. I, I, I do want to acknowledge. So one of the things that I was really wrestling with what I should speak about was this idea of the wilderness of pain. Because I know so many of you are in pain right now. And I don't, I'm not just assuming that. I'm not just assuming that. I know that because you've told me. I have a pastor friend who this week lost their son. Man, I hate when I do this. Woo. I'm an ugly crier. Sorry, guys. Some of you in here have lost someone recently. Some of you are battling mentally. I had someone uh, contact me this week who said, you know what? I've just been in a bad place. I'm going to come back for the first time this week, but just I'm struggling. I, I'm, not, I'm not making it up. This is, this is real. I know this is what we're, we're going through. Again, happy Mother's Day to everybody. <laughs> but you know, even in that, even in that, there are some of you who are feeling the pain today of your mom not being here, maybe for the first time. Some of you are feeling the pain of wanting a child and not having that at this moment and this time in your life. I want to acknowledge that. Today, I want to acknowledge your pain. I do. But I really feel like kind of God directed me in this other way today, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we could take from here these truths that we could apply. And so this is how I want to end today's service. It's going to be a little bit interesting. Oh, by the way, I want to tell you this. I, I, I learned something new this week. I've been a Christian for a long time. I went to Bible college. I've been in several churches. I've been a pastor for over 20 years. Now, I was never a Hebrew or Greek scholar, but I learned something new this week. I want to share it with you because I thought this was really cool. The word desert in the Bible, in Hebrew, is pretty much the exact same word as the word speak. Speaking. Did you know that? I, I never knew that. The word desert that we use is the word speaking. Listen, God is trying to speak into your life right now in your wilderness, in your desert season. And we want to open up our hearts and our minds to him and hear that. So here's what we're going to do. I have some verses that I'm going to throw. They're just going to kind of loop. Leanne's playing some music. I just want to kind of be in the moment today. There's some verses behind me that are just going to kind of loop through. You know what this is? This is God's word of truth. These are God's promises to you in the time of hostility that you're going through, no matter what it might be. Okay? And I'm just going to loop them for a few minutes. I want you to know them. Read them. I want this to be a kind of a uh, quieter, uh, softer time. If you have pen and paper, you want to take note, take note. In fact, I would encourage you, if there's one verse that sticks out to you, jot it down and just keep that. Just keep meditating on that one. I have like 10 or 11 here that are going to scroll. Just take the one. Just take the one. And let that sink into your heart. Let that, that, that spirit of truth, God's promises to you, sink into your heart this morning. 
And after that, really briefly, I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm going to ask a couple of people to come and join me in a bit to do that. But for now, for just a couple minutes, let's turn our attention to the screen and see what God is speaking to us today. So again, I would just just ask us to kind of just be in a spirit of prayer. You might want to bow your head, close your eyes. And uh, just some of our leaders can just pray over Hope Church. Lord, that you would rain down, that you would rain down on those that right now are so dry and in a dry and arid place, that you would speak to them, that you would encourage them, that all those things that Tom was talking about, for us to prepare for battle, you've already prepared us. We just have to say, Lord, come. Lord, show me. Lord, be my battle buddy and help me walk through the desert so I don't have to leave my backpack and go get the car. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. yeah. Father, for those who are experiencing pain, oh, Jesus, <laughs> breathe, breathe your life on that specific pain in the same way that Tom talked about how that sword was made for a very specific strike with surgical accuracy. Father, I ask that you would breathe life with that same accuracy and touch those elements, those people who are hurting right now. Touch them with that exact thing that they need for strength, for healing, for endurance, for reconciliation, for redemption of situations that are out of their control. Father, I ask that you would build them up, strengthen them, bring them into that place where they have that clear understanding of, oh my goodness, God, this is what you were doing. This is what you're doing in me. This is how you're building me back up. Thank you. Father, keep it a clean healing and process where there's no infection and no nastiness. Father, I ask that you would just do a clean, miraculous work for those who are in pain right now. And Father, I also just lift up Hope Church. Father, you established this place. You established this church family. Father, your plans will not be thwarted. Your plans will not be thwarted. Father, I thank you for the vision that you have for this people, even at this time. Father, I ask for strengthening. I ask for unity of vision, for unity in this family where we back up one another, where we help one another, where we strengthen one another, where we speak life to one another, where we lead each other in truth back to you and back to you and back to you because you are for us. You are for us. You are for us. And Father, I ask that we would begin to see life sparking in the youth, life sparking in the children, life sparking in marriages, Father, I ask that people who've just been tired and weary would have a renewal and basically a resurrection in their life of faith that we have not seen in, in some time. Father, I ask that you breathe your Holy Spirit on this place. Breathe into all of us, Father, and keep our eyes on you. You are the glory and the lifter of our heads. 
Father, I ask that you would just keep our gaze on you and that we would follow step by step where you're leading us. In Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I, I thank you for the time here uh, that we've had this morning. We're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but God, I just I do pray that people have been encouraged today, Lord, that they are prayed for and prayed over. Um, and I and I don't have much to add over what's been said already, uh, but God, uh, we are going to look to you as our as our guide and as our hope and as our strength. We love you in Jesus' name, Amen.